Greetings, wonderful boys and girls, and welcome to Storytime with Avant-Garde Books. I'm Cherie Hardy, and I have the wonderful pleasure of reading Changes for Addie, a winter story, Chapter 2. I'll be reading Chapter 2 of Changes for Addie, a winter story. This book was written by Connie Porter, and it was illustrated by Bradford Brown. If you have the book, feel free to follow along with me. But if you don't have the book, it's quite okay. Get in a very comfortable place, just get relaxed, and listen to Changes for Addie, A Winter Story. Chapter 2, A Missing Piece. Addie was so eager to tell Sarah about the letter that she ran all the way to school the next day. She knew her friend would be as happy about the news as Esther, Auntie Lula, and Uncle Solomon as she was. And so it was disappointing when Sarah was absent from school. Addie was worried, too. She hoped Sarah hadn't gotten sick from getting her feet wet the day before. After school, Addie put Sarah's slate and reader and the day's homework assignment into her satchel so she could drop them off at Sarah's house after she finished the deliveries for Mrs. Ford. She could share her good news with Sarah then. That afternoon, wherever Addie went, With her packages, she stared at the faces of the people she passed. Is that little Esther? What about that then, old man? Is that Uncle Solomon? She remembered what Mama had told her. She was working for Mrs. Ford, and she couldn't dawdle. But she could not help looking, hoping to see the faces she missed so much. Sam was waiting for her at Mrs. Ford's shop when she finished her deliveries. I went to see Mr. Cooper at the Quaker meeting house. He said, he told me a couple of hospitals to go to. That's good, said Addie, and I got to stop by Sarah's too. Mrs. Ford looked at Addie with a slight smile. Tell your noisy friend that it was entirely too quiet in the shop today. She said, I'm counting on her to come clamoring through here tomorrow. Oh, you can count on Sarah, Mrs. Ford, said Addie. I'm sure she'll be here tomorrow. I want y'all back in time for supper now. You hear, Mama said. Addie got her school lessons and her reading for the church celebration to study tonight. As Addie and Sam headed out into the cold, Addie took hold of her brother's hand. Sam had such long legs that for every stride he took, Addie had to take two. She didn't mind. She was always happy to walk with Sam. She had missed him so much during the months when she had no idea where he was or even if he was alive or dead. Sam had the sleeve of his jacket pinned up. Seeing his empty sleeve always reminded Addie about the price Sam had paid for freedom. He never complained about losing an arm in the war. Addie knew Sam was proud of having been a soldier fighting to end slavery. He had told Addie that he would do it over again. Addie and Sam had walked two blocks when Sam said, Girl, why are you looking so serious? What we doing is serious, said Addie. That's true, but look a here, said Sam. If we do find Esther and Auntie Lula and Uncle Solomon, today you can't meet them with that stony face you're wearing. Addie smiled. Sam always had a way of making her feel better. Now, that's much better, Sam said. No matter what happened today, don't lose that smile of yours. Addie was glad Sam was with her as they walked through the doors of City Hospital. The nurse at the front desk looked up at them. Yes, she asked impatiently. Ma'am, we're looking for Lula and Solomon Morgan, Sam said firmly. 
They old folks, and they got a little girl with them named Esther Walker. The nurse quickly looked up through the list of names. Not here, she said flatly. Maybe they were sick and couldn't tell you their names, said Abby. Or maybe they just came in today a few minutes ago. Young lady, interrupted the nurse, how do you expect me to remember a couple of old people and one baby? Hundreds of patients come through here. If their names are on my list, there is nothing I can do. I'm sorry. Ma'am, can we look back in the charity ward anyway? Sam asked. Me and my sister done walked nearly two miles to get here, and we just want to see for ourselves. You may go back, the nurse said to Sam, but your sister must wait here. No children allowed. That's the rule. Addie was disappointed. She sat on a bench near the door and watched Sam disappear down the hall. In a little while, a large group of people came in and crowded around the nurse at the front desk. The nurse can't see me, Addie thought. She eased up off the bench, slid along the wall, and slipped down the hall to the charity ward. She was only halfway there when she saw another nurse coming toward her. Quickly, before the nurse could see her, Addie ducked behind a cart filled with linens and held her breath. When the nurse passed, Addie let out a sigh of relief and hurried on. Addie wasn't sure she wanted to go inside once she reached the charity ward. The room was dimly lit and full of shadows. She could hear pitiful moaning, loud coughing, and children crying. Slowly, Addie walked forward, searching the faces in the iron bed. She felt sad and scared as she studied the grizzled old men, miserable children, and bone-thin women. Addie heard someone whisper, Get over here. It was Sam. Addie didn't realize she had walked right past him. He was sitting next to an older man whose face was so thin it looked like a skull with skin stretched tightly over it. She saw right away that the old man was not Uncle Solomon. Who is this? The man asked in a weak voice. She's my sister Addie, Sam said. He turned to Addie. This is Mr. Pope, he explained. He said he ain't seen anyone like Lula, Solomon, and Esther here. But I'll keep an eye out for them, Mr. Polk said. If they come here, I'll tell them you're looking for them. Thank you, said Addie. Mr. Polk smiled. You reminded me of my granddaughter, Charlotte, he said to Addie. You come back and see me again. I will, Addie promised. Mr. Polk closed his eyes. You better get going now, he said. I hear a nurse coming. Goodbye, said Addie. She and Sam left the hospital quickly. The cold air felt good after the stuffiness of, for the, of the hospital. They walked together in silence for a while, both thinking of Mr. Pope and the other patients in the dismal ward. Addie was sorry they had not found Esther, Lula, and Solomon, but she was glad they were not in such a terrible place. When they got to Sarah's street, Sam said, I need to get some things at the grocery store on the corner. You go on to Sarah's and I'll meet you there. All right, said Addie. She hurried the rest of the way to Sarah's. She knocked and knocked on the front door, but no one answered. Then Addie thought she heard voices coming from the alley, so she made her way along the narrow passage to the alley, holding her nose as she passed by the privy and stepping around piles of trash. Addie saw line after line of clothes strung across the alley. They floated like ghost shapes in the December dust. Who's that coming? A voice asked. It's me, said Addie. She lifted the sheet and saw Sarah standing on her toes, pinning a large shirt to the clothesline. Hey, Addie, Sarah said. I got some good news, Addie said. We got a left yesterday. Esther and Lula and Solomon may be here in Philadelphia. Sarah's face lit up. 
that is good news, she exclaimed. Just think, your papa ain't going to have to go away again, and your whole family going to be together soon. Me and Sam been looking for them today, Addie said. I was hoping you could come with us tomorrow after you and me make our deliveries. Oh, I almost forgot. I got your slate and reader and tonight's lessons. But when Addie handed the slate to Sarah, it slipped from Sarah's wet hands and fell to the ground, shattering into pieces. Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry, said Addie. She knelt down and tried to pick up the pieces of the slate. Now you ain't going to be able to do your lessons tonight. Sarah sighed. It don't matter, she said sadly. I won't be needing the slate anymore. What do you mean? asked Addie. She stood holding the shards of Sarah's slate in her hands. Sarah did not look at Addie. She took a deep breath and then spilled out the words. My mama need me to help her with the wash. My family really need the money. We make more money when I stay home and work. I ain't coming to school no more. Addie shook her head, too stunned to speak for a moment. Then she said, But you can't leave school, Sarah. You can't quit. Remember yesterday? We were talking about being teachers. If you leave school, how will you ever become a teacher? Sarah didn't answer. She looked like she was going to cry. Just then, Mrs. Moore came out of the door carrying a huge basket of steaming laundry. Oh, Mrs. Moore, said Addie, Sarah said she got to quit school. Please say it ain't true. Mrs. Moore put down the basket. Come on inside, girl, she said. She led them into a room filled with laundry from the floor to the ceiling. Addie had never seen so much laundry in her life. It was stacked in baskets on the table, on a chair, on the bed. In the middle of the floor was an ironing board. Mrs. Moore took an iron from the top of the stove and sprinkled the shirt with some water and began to iron it. Me and Sarah's papa don't want Sarah to leave school, said Mrs. Moore. But times is hard and we scrambling to make ends meet. Sarah's papa's working, I'm working, and we need Sarah to work too. There's just no other way. Addie burst out, but Sarah can have the delivery job all by herself. That way she can have all the tips, hers and mine. Couldn't she stay in school then? Thank you kindly for offering to help. I appreciate it, Mrs. Moore said, but those tips won't be enough. Addie wouldn't give up. She just can't quit, Mrs. Moore. Addie went on, if Sarah stays in school, then someday... Someday, Mrs. Moore interrupted gently. Addie, we gotta eat today and pay for this here room tomorrow. Sarah need new boots right now. We can't be dreaming about someday. Addie hung her head. There was nothing left for her to say. Now don't go getting yourself all upset, Mrs. Moore said. Things gonna work out. You best be getting home. Your mama gonna be worried. Sam's meeting me, and he said, Addie said, I'll be all right. Sarah walked, added to the front door. I'm going to be in church on Sunday, she said, trying hard to smile. Maybe after I can help you practice that Emancipation Proclamation reading on New Year's Eve. Sure, Addie said. She tried to smile too, but inside it felt as if her heart was breaking, shattered like Sarah's slate into pieces that could never be put back together again. Wow, boys and girls, that was chapter two of Changes for Addie, a winter story. And that was written by Connie Porter. And the illustrator of this book is Bradford Brown. 
I'm thankful that you are tuning in and I'll just keep reading until this story is finished. This is book six of six of the Addie series from the American Girls Collection. Boys and girls, have a wonderful evening. Take care. books. I'm Jerry Hardy and I'm so thankful that you're listening. I really appreciate you. Today I'm going to be giving you a little background information about Addie. This is a story that is from the American Girls Collection and I'm reading a story right now called Changes for Addie. Here is some information about her family and her friends. First of all we have Papa, Addie's father, whose dream gives the family strength. And then we have Mama, Addie's mother, whose love helps the family survive. And then, of course, the main protagonist of this story is Addie, a courageous girl, smart and strong, growing up during the Civil War. And then we have Sam, Addie's 16-year-old brother, determined to be free, and Esther, Addie's two-year-old sister. Here are some other members of Addie's family and friends. We have Auntie Lula the cook on the plantation who has always looked out for Addie's family. You have Uncle Solomon, and that's Auntie Lula's husband, who gives good advice. Sarah Moore, Addie's good friend. Mrs. Moore, Sarah's mother, who helps support her family by taking in laundry. And then there is Mrs. Ford, the firm but fair owner of the dress shop where Mama works. So that gives you a little background information about Addie's family. So when you're reading the story, you'll know who everyone is. I will continue reading Changes for Addie every day. Have a wonderful day, boys and girls. Take care.